0: My name is Ragnar Grippe and I'm a composer. In this program from the 1990s I'm going to discuss a little bit about the different procedures, different kind of aesthetics which I used during the uh, production of my different electroacoustic compositions. And also I will also play for you some music which has nothing to do with electroacoustic music, which is my main production. In the 1990s, pretty soon, the uh, DAW came to birth after having seen the Fairlight, Synclaviers, and audio file systems, audio frames, uh, which were very expensive. But now they started coming into focus and uh, became available around 1994, I think. Um, through uh, the use of a Mac computer and later with PCs. This naturally also changed the way people compose music and also a lot of different effects came into light because of uh, the possibilities of uh, audio which could then be repeated incessantly with very high frequency rates and so forth. So uh, you had new things happening and it was also reflected to a certain extent in the electroacoustic music. For me, having studied at Groupe de Recherche Musicale in Paris, which was the Concrete Music um, home, uh, which also was founded by Pierre Schiffer and Pierre Henry. Um, for me, the sound the timbre and the timbral qualities have always been one of the main focuses uh, in my compositions the other one which has become more and more preponderant and and more interesting for me almost becoming in the late years now we're not talking about 1990s but i mean in the late years becoming almost um one of the parameters when I compose is the virtual acoustics and the virtual acoustics what I mean with that is actually that I can put sounds from different acoustical rooms on top of each other something which I called the double exposure acoustics and by that actually cause the brain to stir a little bit and not know exactly where from the source is, because I mean, in real life, you can never be in acoustic room, which has the acoustics of a telephone booth, even though we don't see many telephone booths any longer. And at the same time being in a cathedral with its own acoustical preferences. So actually by putting together different acoustics on top of each other, you kind of trick your brain and um, it becomes almost a part of the composition itself. One of the first compositions which I'm going to play for you is one which definitely has its roots in GRM, Groupe de Recherche Musicale in Paris, where I studied between 1972 and 1974. And um, this piece is called L'Arbre which means the cut tree, and I reread some of the notions or the the um, remarks I did about the piece at the time when it was composed, 1992, and where I said that I mean a cut tree is actually I had this metaphor for for GRM because it was 20 years after I actually entered GRM in Paris, 1992, and um, I I thought about. For me, it was my take on GRM and its aesthetics that with the music I had changed many of the different aesthetics which I was taught during the time in Paris, but I still used a lot of what actually had happened in that music in my new compositions. Yeah, so Larbre Aiguillé is a piece which is composed 20 years after I entered GRM, and it uses a lot of different aesthetics which I was taught during my time at GRM. But at the same time, the name of the piece The Cut Tree in English is a metaphor for what I had done with the aesthetics being taught to me during the past 20 years when I wrote L'Arbre et What did I do to it? I uh, changed the um, the uh, aesthetics in such a way that i used a lot of instrumental sounds or as if played by instruments that is harmony and so forth something that you usually did not hear in electroacoustic music before i used also playing techniques which were similar to that of a strained instrument plucked instrument, or I mean to percussion, also things that you usually did not hear. I mean, usually in GRM, what we did was actually capture the sound from the string. It could be cello, it could be a violin, it could be any kind of stringed instrument or a piano for that sake. And we would then cut it up. So we would not recognize exactly where from, or the source to the sound, what that actually is or was so here it is a piece which uses a lot of the both instrumental techniques harmonies blended together with the electroacoustic take the cut tree i thought that it was like the cut tree could always be alive but maybe breaking away and living in a different direction here it is Mm -hmm. Mm Oh, my God. beginning of the 1990s I once again got back into writing instrumental music just pure instrumental music unfortunately I'm not able to play for you any of that music because the recordings have been made by the Swedish national radio and I don't have the authorization to run them in my podcast so if you are interested Knock on their doors, write them and uh, whatnot, and try them to uh, give me the authority or authorization to play those pieces. There are pieces like a, con- a piano concerto for Roland Pontonen, who is one of the foremost Swedish pianists. There is a double piano piece for Christina Schultz and Mats Pearson and uh, who are also known to be the foremost contemporary music interpreters of piano music. There is also an organ piece, Musik pour orgue, which was written for Gunnar Edensdam. And um, there are several others which have not been recorded like a quintet, which I wrote also for a festival in Sweden on Gotland and so forth but unfortunately all that instrumental music is not possible to listen to I can hear it at my studio uh, but I am not I'm not uh, willing to take the risk to have them played back to you unfortunately I hope you will find some interest in in uh, my electronic music 1993, I composed a piece which was somewhat in the same direction as with L'Abre Aiguille, but here I put in more work on the different sounds. One can absolutely hear the uh, MIDI instruments being used in uh, L'Abre Aiguille, um, and uh, I would say that one can also hear them. In uh, the suspended choirs, which is an excerpt which I will play from that piece, which was composed in 1993, a year after L'Abre Aiguille. Uh, a lot of, of work was put into making real time uh, modulations on the different sounds used in suspended choirs, and uh, they were mostly both modulation of um, filtering effects reverb delays and so forth and the name suspended choirs comes from the simple fact that uh, some of the choir-like sounds are seeming seeming to to be gliding in in the air and that's why i gave it the name suspended choirs once again with a tilt to the classical music and to uh, references from old sources Here an excerpt from Suspended Wires. Mechanicien effréné. Translation to English? The wild mechanic. Why do I give such a name to peace? I tell you what. My wife, she hasn't been too fond of electroacoustic music. She sometimes refer to it as an auto repair shop. And after having told me that, I said to myself, Okay, she's going to get her own Wild Mechanic. So I dedicated this piece to her. The Wild Mechanic is a piece which is the first one, if I remember correctly, where I use my own DAW to record also audio digitally. And I think that maybe that has also a possibility to show through in this piece it's not important but you know as with all new technologies i think that they always shine through and they will also steer you as a composer producer um, towards a different direction than maybe you would have chosen otherwise why is that it could also be sometimes that I mean Um, Like with an instrument, if you have seven octaves, you won't have an eighth, because there are only seven. The same thing if you have a piano, you cannot make the piano sound like a flute, because it is a piano. If you have, for example, DAW, which gives you a certain amount of freedom, there will always be a framework in which you have to work. Otherwise, I mean, it won't work. Because, I mean, maybe the system won't accept certain things and that's why you will eventually come to terms with it and say, okay, so in order to do this, I have to, okay, I understand. So I change my way to compose in order to accommodate for the system which I'm using at that very time. And I think that that is happening very often, that one has to... Accept what the instrument or the DAW can offer you. And within that framework, you will work and hopefully you do something which is interesting. Here is Le Mechanicien Euphrenet, The Wild Mechanic, from 1994, dedicated to my wife. the fuck? 1994, I was asked by a composer friend to come over to the EMS studios and uh, compose a new piece over there. I hadn't been back to EMS since 1986 when I last uh, composed the uh, song, which is called The Room sung by Kirsten Johnson Stahl and um, with text by Mark Strand. And um, so I I thought that would be interesting. I didn't know exactly what kind of technology was used at the MS Studio at that time. Naturally, I mean, they had bought a lot of stuff. And I came over there and they had something which is called the DIAXIS system, which was a hard disk, um, based system from studer who um, made also all the tape decks that we used since many many years this was a new way to work because i mean with the hard disk recording technique it became obvious that i had to work in a different way than before and this immediately makes me think about stravinsky and when one has heard and read about his way to compose that he wrote small parts of the composition put them on the wall and then used the same technique as with the cut and paste and um, put them in different orders until he found the right way to use it and then I mean that became the piece um, here was something uh, similar um, where I could actually compose small parts which were eventually put together and becoming the whole piece. I had voices from friends of mine in Paris. I still lived in Paris at that time and was just about to get back to Stockholm. And uh, I um, used also different sounds from my own studio and sounds also from the studio at EMS. I think maybe this is um, an afterthought but i think that the sound of this composition is somewhat different from many of the other ones mainly due to the simple fact that i mean everything was made digitally before i had done most of my music recorded i did certain things digitally but um that was more Digital tape, and um, that's another story. But I never had the music recorded on hard disk before, and I think that it somewhat can be heard um, in this piece, which starts with one of my friends who's saying that uh, c'est une très belle histoire qu'il raconte le vieux. It's a very beautiful story that he is telling us, le vieux, which means the old one. Here it is.
1: C'est une histoire très belle que le vieux raconte.
0: par un seigneur et sa dame qui agissent comme des monarques sur l'île.
1: ici ici
0: Par un seigneur et sa dame qui agissent comme des monarques sur l'île. uh uh-huh. In 1995, I was commissioned a piece by the Bourges Studio, south of Paris and um, I composed a piece which is called Chambre d'un rêve. It could be a room of a dream. It could be a room in a dream. It could be a dream of a room. You find out when you listen. Here, Chambre d'un rêve, composed in Bourges, France, 1995. <laughs> 1996, I get request from a friend of mine if I could uh, come up with some uh, movie score for a feature movie and I got the rough cut and started working on it. Eventually they didn't want my music, they set for another composer. But I had a lot of material. It was a very sordid story. And so the, um, the backdrop or, or the, the um, ambiance in the music was already pretty dark. And I listened to it. And also to add even more to this, um, I know that my computer had some problems. I had to send it over to the United States so they could actually uh, restore my compositions, which I had on the hard drive, and then sent it back to me in Sweden. This music, which was originally my suggestion to the movie score, became Requiem. Because I said to myself, this music needs a voice. I need a voice. And fortunately, since my mother held the chair at the Royal Conservatory in Stockholm in song classes, I could always ask her, do you have a good student who I could work with? A student, I mean, many of them became very famous singers. She said she had one. And I met with this Madeleine Kristofferson who showed to be an incredible singer but also very open-minded to the crazy stuff that I was doing. So uh, I will play one of the songs from the Requiem album, which is called Lux Eterno. And Requiem was released on a record and you can also find it on iTunes or other digital platforms if you like what you hear. Here, Lux Eterna with Madeleine Christofferson. Gifting Spirits, also one of the tracks on the Requiem record, nothing to do with the Requiem, was recorded after I had started also teaching Aslam seeking people in Sweden who were taught Swedish. I took advantage of the situation, bringing my Nagra recorder and recorded the Afghan. Iraqi and other people's songs, which they sang to me during class. It was a very memorable situation because I mean, all of them became very, very moved when they were singing and I used some of those songs and voices from these people who did not know at that time whether they were going to be expelled from Sweden or if they were going to stay in Sweden. I do not know where they are today, but I do keep a very fond memory of the time when I taught them Swedish. I hope I taught them something. And they are the ones who are the soloists on this piece from 1996, which is called shifting
1: spirits. Yeah. <laughs> You don't kill lump, you don't kill lump, you don't kill lump. Lamp
0: 1997 I uh, composed a score to the movie Svensson Svensson and uh, which was based on a sitcom which was originally on Swedish national television 1994 Svensson Svensson is a movie about a normal or abnormal swedish family who knows what is normal and um, here you can hear the opening music and you will hear some more after my descriptions here the opening music to svensson svensson Swenson Swenson, this movie. I also had this piano variation, which you can have a listen to before we go over back to electronic music and other styles. Mm-hmm. In 1998, I was commissioned by GRM for their 50th anniversary, a piece which was then also played in a big concert in Paris, a piece which I gave the name Grand Voyage Sans Larmes, A Big Journey Without Tears. Maybe in that name i see the evolution of music music which was originally 50 years before something which was extremely simple in the sense that it was captured with a mic cut pasted melange mixage the melange is the blending mixage the mixing of sounds together To become 50 years later a huge, huge part of lots of technology that we use, all of us, to compose music. So, a big journey without tears, Grand Voyage Sans Larmes, was mainly meant to be the journey that you do not regret having made, because you have ended up in a new place, and in a new place, there are things to happen. Please listen to some parts of Le Grand Voyage Sans Larmes, commissioned by GRM 1998. Okay. Yeah. 1999 I composed Signorum Amor which is the signed with love and uh, once again for Madeleine Christofferson who also recorded it and you can find it on iTunes under this name Signorum Amor here's one of the pieces from this album We have listened to the major part of what has been composed during the 1990s naturally there's a lot of things that i trashed something that you won't hear because i mean it's completely different kind of music and uh, it has been s- sketches different kind of of if you would like to use the french word étude. Um, just, you know, designs to new music and with which I usually um, find my ideas by just tossing around certain things and uh, when I finally sit down to compose a piece then I have a certain benefit of having had the experience of having just played around with, with things because sometimes that's exactly when you find good things and uh, a person i met many years back in california who's a very famous famous uh, sound designer he told me that the difference between amateurs and professionals is that the professionals can make use of their mistakes so um, maybe that's something to think about one other music which I composed during the 1990s at the end 1999 was actually with another singer elizabeth berg and we also have random at heart which is also available on itunes and other digital platforms and uh, I can play you an excerpt from that one also because it's it's pretty nice and so to round up this series of the 90s um I would say that More and more, I'm becoming interested in the voices. You have heard voices in my music since the beginning, and uh, they are to become even more prominent during the 2000. And uh, there is a program which will follow with what is happening in the first 10 years of the new millennium. I think that um, the acoustics also, plays a very vital role in my music and the acoustics will actually also take more and more space in a double meaning and uh, they will also become also some sort of a parameter in the compositional process so i would say that i hope that you will stay tuned and i hope that you found something of this interesting Otherwise, you can just click on the button and it will stop playing for you. But otherwise, I'll see you in the next program, which will be the one about the millennium and up till 2010. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.